Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to Eastern Border. We have had technical difficulties of, uh, of a weird sort here. But, uh, well, we did a lot of research today. It was all for naught, apparently. Now we have to do research of a different kind. And today, I'm recording this on Discord with a bunch of my followers and listeners, and Zach and Alex. Say hi, guys. And I hope you guys. Can. <laughs> yes, Hello, everybody. Zach can speak. We've had issues <laughs> with getting Zach here because Zach is a great podcaster and a, well, historian. But uh, this is his first time on Discord. We're just trying to get multiple, multiple things here. My so last have... time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll kidding. Get used it's great to, it. to be here. Basically, what happened was that all of today, I thought my initial theory that I presented in my yesterday's episode was totally wrong, because I thought I had well-made arguments, I thought it was well-reasoned out, but the Gaussian just kept going, and kept going, and things were happening, planes were crashing, and, and, and roads were destroyed, bridges were built up, people died, there was chaos and uncertainty, thankfully I didn't make any predictions today, but, and then at the end of it, when we're literally watching, like, latest news from next about everything happening there, how, how things are going. People are just getting crazy about this whole coup and everything. And aggressive posts are being made. And Igor Girkin is like telling us in a recently released video how, how well, Prigozhin has sent his death sentence. You know what happens? Turns out that Lukashenko has apparently been talking to Prigozhin for all day long. And it's kind of like, oh, no, bye. We're just going to go home. We're literally just going to go home. Out of the blue. Nothing was talking about this. And again, well, we had many theories about what could happen, and I, I at one point started thinking that my um, nuke theory might still be right, and I kind of am afraid that it could be, and I hope that we won't see any surprises during this night. But yeah, I do have to give you one of the weirdest episodes of the Eastern Border. Well, at least we have Alex and Zach here and a bunch of people, so we're going to answer some questions, I suppose, and give some opinions about what's happening, what happened, how does this impact everything, and what's going to happen next. And uh, to get this thing going, one of, the latest, one of the latest news about this whole situation comes from, comes from uh, Fyodorov's Drovo Chelyaka. It's a channel that is a fan of Maxim Kalashnikov's, and he wrote the following things. 
Based on the latest news about the agreements reached between Evgeny Prigozhin and Alexander Lukashenko, the attempt Lukashenko all, all things by the way, attempt to work out an acceptable way to resolve the situation and the return of Wagner to the field camps, he wants to make several conclusions. One, Wagner Group goes to Africa. Two, Russian statehood is dealt a huge blow. Three, Putin's influence has seriously diminished. In the former Soviet Union, he has become less influential than Lukashenko. Alexander Grigoryevich has actually resolved the situation and prevented the civil war. Even if today's events are followed by some kind of respite, steps down the collapse of the system have been taken. We need to prepare for either a repeat of these events or, or a transformation of the political system. Attempt to tighten the screws will not get us anywhere. Many people have seen the weakness and helplessness of the Russian authorities, including at the international level. So, this is what people say on the far right from Putin. So, Zach, Alex, please, if you have any comments on this, because uh, we've been trying to throw things at a wall and see what sticks for, for a while. But to me, this is kind of the closest thing that I get to any real result. Yeah. Zach, do you want to go first? Yeah, go, sure. go ahead. Just in case I get cut off again from yeah. the damn internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks for having me here, guys. It's great to see you all. I And I'm looking at the chat and things are popping up now. It looks like the criminal case against Prigozhin will be closed uh, from the Kiev Independent. Uh, I... I have to say, I had an idea today of which way all of this was going, and like most of you, I'd say I was convinced that this was going to lead to something big, obviously big and terrible, but this was a big watershed moment in the war, and I still do think it is. I just, I did not see this coming. I thought he was going to, maybe naively, I thought he was going to try at least to get into Moscow. We saw rumors and partially pieces of news that left Moscow. We saw news that Lukashenko had, had left Belarus, and now it looks like Prigozhin's going to go to Belarus? That's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't offer any more insight than you guys have, but I... Hopefully things will be a bit clearer tomorrow. I mean, knowing the way they hoard information and keep to themselves, it just seems bizarre to me. The whole episode, the last 24 hours, like, has just been crazy. Yes, someone just said in the chat, this reminds me of the coup in Turkey that seemed big and fizzled. I don't think it's a, a coup to that extent, as in a, a coup in, in air quotation marks, because stuff did happen. Like, seven helicopters, I think it was, were shot down over the course of the day, so... Yeah, bridges exploded go. too. Like, but this see, this all. This is the thing. I tried to avoid making any predictions. I know how unpredictable things can be, but usually you get a hint. This was out of the blue, and at least yeah. you know, at least I didn't try to make anything. Like I tried to make everything as logical as possible. But I feel kind of bad for these uh, hyper experts who made their predictions based on unbased Telegram, you know, retweets from war correspondents. At least right. currently, one thing one thing is for sure, though, which is a question that was needed to be answered. Yes, twenty uh, six is still a kind of a day off in Moscow. We've heard rumors that their mobilization will start, but it's still a day off. At least that's good. Alex, what do you think? Well, I uh, the one thing I wanted to uh, point out that we were we were spitballing earlier before Zach got here. We were talking about, uh, and there was a lot of people like talking on Twitter, Telegram, and so forth about how. Well, I don't know if it was on Telegram as much, but they were just talking about how. This seems like it was a sort of stunt 
on on Prigozhin's part. Like, like that's the like deepest, uh, the most conspiratorial can get, where he was essentially doing this to get something out of it, some kind of negotiation. I don't know how likely that is. I mean, you know, Christoph, you and I have talked about this before. I think it was on my show where I was saying that I tend to defer to, um, what do you call it, uh, incompetence above everything else. And <laughs> I think it's definitely possible, probable even, if I'm to you know lean into that bias, that Prigozhin probably did want to march on Moscow, probably did want to try to force Putin to give him something. Like a, the, the, the wildest one I heard, and I think it was spreading because I saw some other people relatively high uh, profile people commenting on this on Twitter that he wants to get the sort of uh, uh, the, the confirmation from Putin that he's the heir apparent for when Putin steps down or dies or whatever. And that's, that, that, that's the most fun theory I've seen that this was an attempt at doing that. And that actually would fit in with either, either this was a, a bluff or it was serious, either it was incompetence or it was uh, like a tactical move on Prigozhin's part. It does fit into that. Is there any indication that that's what it was actually going on? We don't know. There's no the way thing, to know. We, the, so the is, the we'll is, find out, I guess. The thing but. is, one. The thing is, one. I in, in in the name of all the Baltic journalists. Fuck you, Prigozhin. <laughs> you ruined my fucking midsummer. Fe- I'm sorry. I am angry. He not only has destroyed many things in my life. He literally destroyed a Latvian national holiday. I spent all yesterday doing things. And the thing is, the thing is here that. Uh, if you look at this now, this whole super angry, sore rattling thing, if, if nothing happens tonight, then this is just hilarious. And, and if you watch today Putin's speech where, he's, where he literally declared, we will use every, focusing on every possible means to, to destroy like, our enemies. And he never said Prigozhin in that speech, by the way. He's, uh, Prigozhin was in the Valny category for a while. And it's kind of just, it turns into a farce. Putin is kind of becoming funny. And additional <laughs> things, by the way, from, from, uh, from Peskov, the talking mustache of Putin. Quote, <laughs> today's situation will in no way affect the course of the special military operation. The fighters <laughs> successfully reflect the counterattack and the operation will continue. And uh, especially, there will be no new address from Putin in the near future because I think Putin has enough self-awareness to, to feel a bit shamed about himself now. But uh, how, he, Prigozhin says that this will not affect the special military operation or the war. But I would like to say that pulling off a bunch of troops reorganizing others, creating a whole mess, de- destroying valuable equipment. Just, uh, I do think it will affect the operation. Like, I, I see, I see that Ukrainian, like Ukrainians could be confused at this point, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to use this. So what, what do you guys think? Just to come in there, I think it said that the deputy prime minister of Russia had sought asylum in Turkey. So <laughs> if, if that is true, then it seems like most in Russia thought that Prigozhin was serious. So yeah. I don't think I don't think we can call this a stunt. Mm-hmm. I saw above Occam's Raider probably incompetence. Like Occam's yeah. Razor, the simplest explanation. But uh, guys, 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 I have I have a burning thing that popped up just literally now. Uh, Peskov also stated, and we were talking about all sorts of sorts of versions. What are the deals? What are the rules? You want to get really stunned? Uh, Peskov stated there is no difference in about the trust of Mr. Putin towards the Minister of Defense. No, Shoigu is staying. Apparently, according to Peskov. So he's not being... No, dismissed. apparently not. Okay, so I have a... I'll oh, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Well, welcome to, welcome, welcome to how we feel all day. Yeah. Well, well, okay, so I have a question then. Um, 
it's a state it's a quest statement i guess we could call it uh because we know that like chris you and i've talked about this you've made this very clear that uh without putin russia basically falls apart putin obviously knows that putin obviously at least in a skewed way knows his history so do you think in a way he is in one of the toughest spots imaginable regarding this because on the one hand he has his buddy his uh, quote-unquote chef turning his private army on moscow basically flexing we can say at the very least that's what Prigozhin was doing whether he was actually intending to do something or it was a feint or whatever doesn't matter he was flexing that's what he was doing and putin knows that if he indulges this guy too much, he then loses the Ministry of Defense because the Ministry of Defense doesn't like Prigozhin. Prigozhin really doesn't like them. And if Putin shows any indication that he's losing the Ministry of Defense, then that increases the likelihood of an actual uh, coup attempt happening from within, from within the Ministry of Defense. Is that possible, do you think? I think so, but they're preparing for this because despite all this, just dissolving the thin air out of nowhere... Sure. Peskov, I'm, I'm just I'm just reading the feed where just they just post, post latest things by Peskov. He also just stated that the counter-terrorist operation regime from Moscow, which is there, will be lifted when there are all preconditions for it. Peskov. Like hmm. they're keeping the counter-terrorist operation in Moscow, which basically is martial law, which is interesting. So yeah, because that, that that that's like in response to Prigozhin, then is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then Prigozhin is going to, to Belarus. You know, mm -hmm. I can technically go to Belarus at some point. I could maybe grab an interview with Prigozhin. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be it. so dope. <laughs> be like, and then ask him, why do you want to kill me so bad? No, 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 no. <laughs> my, my first, my, no, my first question would be, Кто ты по жизни? Or, uh, dude, what is your uh, suit in prison system? That's the standard <laughs> question. Of course I have to know. Tr but, sure, yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what do you think? Like, troop movements and all this stuff. Oof, what's your idea? Like, I, well, I think Ukrainians are just confused at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think something needs to be said for the messaging as well. And we're talking about Putin's actual, like, situation and, and how it's gotten pretty bad now. But I don't want to speak too much for the Russian people, because we know everyone among us, I'd say, wishes that they had kind of done more. But... Just does it not look really atrocious that in the morning you're saying that we're fighting against this counter count like this insurgency, these terrorists, and then about like twelve hours later you're like, oh no, never mind, it's fine. Like I, I just don't. How can the 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 Russian people like digest that kind of inconsistency? And I'm sure, of course, they're being fed certain lines and and everything, and maybe they're just not used to questioning these things, but. These kinds of ludicrous events, and I literally called it in my notes a ludicrous series of events, have the effect of eroding, like the eroding his very regime as as much as it hasn't been eroded already, and to the extent that this aids the Ukrainians as well, because yes, this only took twenty four hours, but I can't see Putin being the same after this, and in terms of like the forces uh c commanding and and cohesion it just uh like it just it just doesn't none of this looks good and that's why i'm i'm on the side of occam's razor the yeah stupidest explanation is the right one because none of this benefits putin in any way and even if prigozhin's neutered for now i mean who knows he might get some is it or be defenestrated in in the near future but it just i i don't see how any of this has been anything other than 
basically Prigozhin trying his luck and then backing down at the last minute when he kind of realized exactly, that he couldn't well, do yeah. it. Well, the, that's exactly, yeah. That's what I was only, thinking too, yeah. The only, the only way how this makes sense to me is, look, I have to play this out for people who listened to my previous episode, okay? In my episode, yesterday's episode, I told you that I thought this was all about nuclear posturing and all this stuff. And I have a very weird idea how this whole event can make sense. But it's very unlikely that it happened that way, but at least I can fit it into my theory. I'm not saying it's correct, but at least I can justify it happening to myself. But I'll need proof for that. One is the fact that, yes, the whole event with the special special sort of a news thing at night, that it was meant for Biden, and Biden noticed, and special services from like CIA and something, like uh, they spoke with Putin's people, and then Prigozhin was just acting all day long, and then finally Biden and Putin made a deal, and they just dropped the Prigozhin makes deal with Lukashenko, and as a side note, to get Lukas- to get them out of the picture, make Prigozhin like innocent in return. That would fit into my thing. So, but there would have to be some sort of a sign of a deal between Biden and Putin. Second option that could happen is that uh, he also might, you know, be in a position where to getting out of dodge, I suppose. But again, I. I... <sighs> I still am a bit afraid of all this nuke stuff because it really looked serious last night with all the anger and hate and everything. But again, the more I think of it, well, unless something blows up tonight or we get a massive statement from Biden, then I'm just like, you guys got on the drinking binge and you just did, did the what now? What a hangover. Yeah. And by the <laughs> way, this is, it's, it's summer and windows are open. <laughs> accidents happen you know <laughs> um oh dear yeah i mean okay just you know here's another stupidest explanation it's the most common one how many d- d- does prigozhin enjoy drugs uh well he look oh. he can certainly he can certainly afford drugs we looked at the of course stuff that was found we, we, yeah. we looked at the stuff that was like in his in yeah. the cupboard because they raided it and it's like it's like it looked exactly yet like you would imagine prigozhin's cupboard would look like there are guns Tons of cash, two gold bars, fake passports. You know, two fake passports. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I think he could could enjoy drugs as well. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, guess. I'm not. I'm like being kind of tongue in cheek, of course, but I'm also thinking, well, you know, maybe he was on a cocaine binge. I mean, I'm not being funny when I say that. Like, you know, he has a very high opinion of himself. Obviously, add that to you know drug abuse, especially a kind that makes you feel grandiose and great. Anything is going to sound like a good idea at that point. Yo, I see someone in the chat. White bricks of something or other. There might have been some in there. I mean, it's. Well, and I'm just saying that could be a factor that we have to consider, but also that it's purely speculation on my part. I was just trying to. Cocaine? Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like I'm trying to like uh, sort of root out the possible motivations or driving forces that, you know, are not possible for us to really prove or disprove. So it's kind of pointless in that respect, but yeah. it's always possible that it could be drugs. Yeah. You see, you see the thing is right As now, well. their listeners right now, we're at a point where you've been focusing, learning, reading, fact-checking, doing everything, doing a lot of work. And then at one point when you're like in the middle of it, all of a sudden just, it all goes out of the window and you're like, what? So at this point, uh, yeah. I, I, I've, like it would be really funny if Lukashenko would just you know tomorrow because uh, Prigozhin is supposed to go to Belarus and and Prigozhin just wakes up tomorrow and looks at Lukashenko and says, "Oh, Batka, what what the fuck happened, man? Where am I? Yeah. What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know what will give us the answer? Like the the fastest answer we could possibly get is if somehow Lukashenko just disappears. Oh, no, Whether Lukashen- that means he was 
Or not Lucas. Uh, sorry, I missed Prigozhin. 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 Yes. Sorry. Sorry, right. listeners. He'll just go and live. He'll he'll just give. A, he'll just go and live a, a kolkhoz life in Belarus, growing cabbages. Yeah, that or or just just go dropping off the face of the earth, if you know what I mean. I'm just saying, right. like that would kind of answer the que- uh, all the questions in and of itself. I, I, I have a question to Zach, though. Zach, please, you sure. are a history PhD now. <laughs> you are amazing. Yeah. You're, You're a real that- one, unlike the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the thing is. Do you know of any other historical things that have been like that? Something similar. And what happened oh, then? Like, like something I that mean, we can actually like, kind of... Like, we are hoping that you at least have something that we can attach logic to and maybe try to figure this one out. I mean, like, I'm kind of as stumped as you. I mean, like you all, I was doing my best to fit all this into the grand scheme of different Russian coups. Was this going to be like the... Was this going to be like in 1905? Was it going to be 1917? Was it going to be <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't expecting this. Like it, it's it's kind of as far as I'm aware. Now, a history PhD doesn't entitle me to the Pandora's box of all knowledge that has ever come and gone. But Wait, it, it what? Is... Oh, damn it. Come on. <laughs> OK, I, I spilled well, no, the no, no, I'm, I'm going to. OK, well, now I'm going to have to drop out of grad school. I just got accepted. Jeez. <laughs> Breaking my heart here, Zach. <laughs> I mean, like, look at it. Look at it just purely based on the facts. This guy with a reasonably sized power base seemed to be going for broke. And then apparently at the last minute pulled back like we can dig into the psychology of why he made that decision and maybe we'll come up with, I don't know, our, our own answers. But at, at the end of the day, it is extremely odd behavior and it's not something anyone was expecting. So in yeah. terms of like historical precedents, I, you're not going to you're not going to find them unless you have a, a situation like this in in other countries in the past where. A coup was launched by someone with a reasonably large power base, and then they went for broke like Prigozhin, and then at the last minute backed down. And I think if that did happen in history, we would know more about it. And in that case, I would like to know what happened to that historical Prigozhin and how he fared, because... If if it is true that he is going to Belarus, like does Wagner continue in? And I know they said, oh, it's going to Africa and and all that kind of stuff. Poor Africa. It, yeah. If that is if that is happening, then that means that basically Putin is pushing Prigozhin's power base as far away as he can. And in that case, like, what's to stop Putin from reneging on these promises? Like, Putin's oh, nothing. Famously trustworthy. So yeah. yeah, it it seems almost naive on Prigozhin's part to agree to anything like this, unless he didn't have a choice. And maybe that's what we're missing here. Maybe he really didn't feel like mm-hmm. he had any other choice than to back down. Well, well, Zach, I gotta, I gotta throw out there that at this point, Putin makes Adolf Hitler in terms of trustworthiness look like the myth of George Washington here in the United States. <laughs> right. So one thing, one thing, though, one thing, though, I know, I know something that you know, I know some things that are like impacted by this. Definitely, we don't know who won because of us. I, I do not see right. any profit coming to anyone because of this deal at all. But I can see a lot of downsides, and not just counting the lost people, skilled pilots, planes, and all this stuff. Number one thing, ruble tanked. Economy already not in the best state because of the sanctions. Yeah, not going to help it. Secondly, prices to Turkey like went up 10 times and people bought them. And they're not <laughs> going to be refunded, obviously. So like a bunch of rich Muscovites who are afraid um, 
yeah i don't really yeah. think that's gonna happen i like a, a wisp in chat says wagner march to pyongyang yeah maybe i mean <laughs> look at this point look, look, I look if this happened then one either like at this i i, I consider just as likely that wagner group declares war in north korea and just goes there and conquers it which or that there's like could. or, or that there's like a nuke dropped on Belarus to just wipe out Lukashenko and Prigozhin when one go mm. and then whatever. That and would they, be the wildest scenario if if a tactical nuke was launched to wipe those guys off the planet. I mean, at that point though, yeah, like uh, I, point, I don't want to overstate it, but that's World War Three. If that see, this, happens, this is this is the th this is the thing. This is the thing. Um, do you guys listening to this episode? There are many people out there who's going to be calling themselves super serious mega experts, and some people who are quoting like just nothing else but uh, those telegram group guys they'll be trying to make some sense out of this mm -hmm. we're not even pretending that we can make some sense out of this my brain is melting i have slept two and a half <laughs> hours since i did this whole all-nighter looking for reasons fact checking did everything no man i was i was able to focus on work when this started now when this happened i'm like i can just look at some consequences and figure out what some of this could possibly mean that's well it. and i'm yeah, and I wanted to just, this is just more of a fun aside, because, Zach, you were talking about historical precedents, and Kristaps, yeah. uh, you were talking about that, and honestly, it's not a one-to-one, -one, um, especially with what happened and with the personalities involved, but the closest thing that this reminds me of is of the guy that Kristaps loves to give me shit for that I'm supposedly related to, Baron Roman von Ungern-Sternberg, the Mad Baron of Mongolia. He very similarly kind of did a did several crazy crusades during the Russian Civil War. Now, he and Prigozhin don't seem to be similar in temperament at all, except perhaps madness. And the thing is, the Mad Baron never turned around. He always just went straight in. He never had a moment where he where he presumably this is what Prigozhin did. Went, oh crap, what have I done? Like well, right. he did he didn't do that. But I'm just saying, like it sort of falls in line with. Like as soon as just to give some you know clarifying context, Chris Shops and I have talked about this multiple times since the war started last year, and 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 you've said it you know not even just in our conversations that you think this is the beginning. This war is the beginning of the dissolution of Russia as we know it as a territory. And we were kind of talking about this earlier with the with um uh, related to um uh, Kadyrov. And how he would just go full warlord if, like, there was any any sign that the state was dissolving. And my first thought was with this, regardless of of the outcome, this is the beginning of a state dissolution in real time that we're watching. And that's probably why it feels so chaotic, is because we're struggling to think of how successful this is. But we should also take a step back and look at the implications of it. Well, it, uh, it, do, it does show that madness or self interest rules the day. Okay, wait. Let, let me let me just let me just add a thing. There's a new thing from Peskov just as we're recording this, and you'll laugh, of course. All of you will laugh. Mm. Peskov <laughs> called the word of the president of Russia a guarantee that Prigozhin can go to Belarus. Wow, <laughs> and we can trust okay. it. So, oh, I mean, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is like I, 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 this. See, at this point, this this statement looks like even Peskov. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Is making fun of Putin? I I don't know. I just don't know. Well, I would like to say just just briefly, we were talking about him, Putin being almost less trustworthy than Hitler. There was something very Hitlerian about the actual speech Putin gave when he was talking about the stabbed in the back thing. And I actually thought when I saw that, I thought he was gearing up for like a, oh, it's not my fault. I lost thing. I was stabbed in the back by these disloyal people. And yeah. With with that and with Rostov falling so quickly, I kind of thought that, well, maybe this is the end and Putin will try and, I don't know, fight a fight. a Yes, stabbed in the back was a World War One thing. Yeah, but Hitler, that's right. Hitler drew on it extensively. But that's the, the the problem with all of that. It just doesn't answer our questions. We're reduced to looking at these little bits of information. At the end of the day, it could turn out that this is a. These little things we're trying to analyze don't actually matter in the grand scheme of of the war because the Ukrainians still have to continue their grueling counteroffensive. I cannot see, though, it being the same for Putin after this. And I think, in a way, it's almost odd to me that he would, if if it is true that Prigozhin has somehow in any way repaired his relationship with Putin, would you not keep your enemy close unless he wants to just completely, you know, expel them altogether. And now I just see in the chat that Wagner mercenaries will sign contracts with Mm. Defence Ministry, courtesy of the Kiev Independent. So thank you for that, Dunbar, in the chat. The the whole way this is carrying on really looks like Prigozhin's having his wings clipped. So yeah, exactly. Uh, that was that was exactly the same uh, metaphor I was going to use too. It but, seems but, like but, they're. <laughs> but then why did he agree? What 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 do they have on Prigozhin? Because well, it's was, not or, if it's not her death. Yeah, I was going to say like, what if it was? I, I mean, here's the most extreme thing. What if it is indeed what we were saying earlier? What if Putin or people for Putin just straight up went to Prigozhin? and said we're going to nuke you and your forces if you if you don't stop this or something along those lines i mean that that's the most extreme version yeah i mean it's the point is like yeah i think the the really what they were offering him was you know the famous offer you can't refuse well the thing is like we have another question from max nerd i hope it's right here in the the chat but if you have questions please type them in the chat because uh, we're just gonna first we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about stuff and trying to make some sense because i i I just want to 
to make like some history, sense out of this. I was going to say, Julian from History of the Netherlands just posted, what motivates mercenaries? Money. Couldn't have they just paid him shit tons of money oh, to right. stop? I, that's possible, too. Dude, that's dude, absolutely dude, possible. Dude, Maxner's question was, uh, what if Prigozhin will rule over Belarus instead of Lukashenko? Oh, yeah. That actually, seeing that there was this plane with Lukashenko's son going away, uh, ish, maybe? Like an offer? Like Putin might have offered... Uh, sort of like he he would have said, if you stop what you're doing, I'll give you Belarus. Yeah, because, like, because look, look, look. For for a while here, for a while here, we thought that he's gonna, you know, oust Shoigu, and that would be a major victory. Mm. That, like that was like uh, that was like uh, the point of of our one of our previous friends who left. But but like, if it's not the case, the Prigozhin has to be like presuming the Prigozhin would not be instantly killed. Uh, uh, maybe well, he was like I, offered that. I know Couldn't this is kind it. of a this is a silly question because I, I but I'm just I'm just trying to throw another possibility. So I need to ask you first, Chris Jobs. Does Putin personally like Prigozhin? Like, does he consider him a friend? More, <laughs> not, not anymore. Well, yeah. well, well that's what I'm it. saying though. Like, what is this one of those things where like maybe the friendship overrode his pride? And I know that sounds insane, but I'm just saying that that's another possibility that maybe he's saying like, look, I don't want friendship wanna... ended with Prigozhin. Okay, I figured, but I just I'm just saying it's a possibility too that it's just a sort of sentimental decision. <laughs> that's another simple decision. Okay, we're, we're we're being told we're at thirty minutes. I think we okay. have about about twenty minutes more to go. Uh, yeah, we, we'd really like to answer your questions here, and I'll uh, ask ask more to Zach and Alex because you hear me all the time, and I'll be uh, giving you some news if I can get and chime in because that'd be nice. Because for one, yeah, we don't do this in Discord often, so please, guys, uh, I'm really nice to have all of you here. So please go on. You can also just unmute yourselves and talk if you want, or you can just type them in the chat. Chaos. Uh, chaos is cha <laughs> look. Chaos is sometimes. Look, when else are we going to have chaos if not for today? It would. <laughs> it well, would be. It, it would be nicely symbolic of what's going on. Exactly. That's true. Well, why don't we talk? Uh, redirect the the discussion a little bit. Keep the questions coming in, but we could talk about the nuke situation a little bit because one of the things I was really concerned about was. Do you remember all those dramatic American uh, uh, TV shows back in the day where a nuke would somehow get into the wrong hands and our hero mm -hmm. had to stop them? That kind of seemed like a potential possibility with what was happening in Rostov because there are nukes being stored. I mean, there's nukes all over Russia, but the possibility that such an important military city and district could come under mm. someone who wasn't necessarily the Russian government did make me a bit concerned. Someone said in, in the chat there that Prigozhin being motivated by money is horseshit. And I tend to agree because he's got more money than he could ever know really what to do with. I mean, now mm, maybe not as much true. as he used to have, but I'd say what he's really looking for is power. And mm -hmm. if you were looking for a, a, uh, uh, get out of jail free card uh, situation, maybe he could leverage possession of those nukes. Now, I know that sounds ludicrous, but no more ludicrous than if I told you 24 hours ago, <laughs> Precaution would launch yeah. a coup and then, and then cough uh, in the last minute. But uh, it's, I, I think that when, when we look at this in, in the grand scheme of the whole conflict and everything else, I think we're going to have to uh, try and find out because we'll never know the truth unless we know what, what was discussed between Prigozhin and Putin. And I think at, at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter. But 
yeah, if, if anyone else wants to comment on, on the nuke situation, because I was worried I was blowing it out of proportion. And mm-hmm. a part of me, I'm ashamed to say a part of me is kind of relieved that Prigozhin's not running loose purely because the nuke situation seemed to seemed to be a real danger, especially with the, the situation in, in, in the nuclear plant as well in, in Ukraine. There seemed to be a lot of nuclear footballs in the air, and that was concerning mm. for me. Well, I, I have a uh, like my umpteenth dumb question but and speculation, but what if Prigozhin did get a hold of some nuclear weaponry? And that might be why what his leverage was. Well, that that was I, I think that then my then my plan would have absolutely been worked. But the, yeah. by the way, interesting thing I want to remind, remind you of something because you know I am an Eastern European historian after all. Let me remind you of something. When Shamil Basayev of Chechnya took one thousand children hostage with the condition of withdrawal from Chechnya, he was allowed to withdraw from Chechnya. He desperately hoped it would work one hundred percent. Putin ordered the school to be stormed and 350 children were killed. He, he basically ordered people to storm the school and disregard children to just get Shamil Basayev out. Hmm. But hmm. Uh, yeah, but when, when, when Prigozhin takes some cities with some conditions, Putin went towards random conditions when he was personally in danger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Putin fans. <laughs> <laughs> this is just uh, not a good look for you. Yeah, I, well, it's, maybe we could address some of the questions here. Yeah, um, go on, yeah. go on, go on. You do you. Go, go guys. Okay, um, I'm going to scroll up as, as much as I can. Um, motivation with power could be better than money. That's true. Oh, that is very true, yeah. yeah. I have a thing, I have a thing, I have a thing, I have a thing. They found compelling evidence that he was actually a petuch in prison. A petuch? Well, remind me who, what, what level that is. What the very lowest is. one. Oh, he was an untouchable? Yeah, like if they, that would that would be a thing worse than death. They, if they would have found some yeah. proof that would prove that, then well, that would and, work. And I was gonna say, Matt and Chat says maybe they found out he was a homosexual and they were gonna release the info. And yeah, Pogosian, yeah, and he knew what would happen if Wagner wouldn't follow him anymore if he would be a patuch. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. But please, oh, Zach, please, Zach, answer something. Yeah, that, that's a cultural yes, thing. Yes, I, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Um, okay, there's one by Zaid or Zaid. Sorry for the the name error there. Did Wagner's 25k strong force have enough men in the column to have a real chance of success? Just to answer that, no, I don't think it would have. But it was more mm. the fact that he was kind of causing such panic. It was almost the the threat of the force itself rather than the actual potential of his force. Because oh. I read somewhere he's only got something like 5,000 core professionals within that mm. group. We so spoke about most... this earlier. We spoke about this earlier. I think it wasn't the Wagner troops. It rather was the fact that in those cities where they went through, the people were happy and joyful. And, you know, uh, Putin lives on false statistics that 86% people support him. And, you know, everyone thinks it's true because they don't know the real statistics. But then you come out on the street and you find out that everyone in your neighborhood suddenly doesn't like Putin, actually. Suddenly. What a shock. Yeah, yeah, he, was, what, what, he was becoming a symbol. Yeah. And and uh, that also has to do with the the optics element of all this, where... Like, that's really what I think is the biggest harm to Putin at this point is just the bad optics. It's like he can't control his own. Well, it's his own private army. I, I don't know how they speak about it within the country, but it, 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 it the idea that he doesn't have control over the entire situation is just always going to look bad for him. And I noticed here that new guy. Thank you, by the way, for bringing up. Uh, for looking into the question that I had, the speculation, P- Prigozhin acquiring nukes, basically. He says, 
unless Prigozhin had inside agents, he'd never be able to detonate a nuke because he wouldn't have the launch codes. And that's absolutely true. I, you know, but, you know, I would also imagine those are probably pretty easy to buy if you have Prigozhin level money. But regardless, then he also says something very important here. Give Prigozhin a few weeks and he could construct some dirty bombs by salvaging acquired nuke materials. So I don't know. What if that's what he got a hold of? What if that was, at the very least, what if that's what he was going for? I mean, well, why would he bother doing that when he could just take over all those Ukrainian biolabs that are making the chemical weapons, supposedly, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and use them to his advantage? Ah, yeah, be, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, right. yeah, it, it's it's. You know, as we were saying, we're in speculation mode right here. So, yeah. <laughs> Do they need codes for tactical nukes? I, that I don't know. I mean, I would assume so. But but I don't know. Chris Chaps, you've talked about how the, the, the nuclear arsenal in uh, in Russia is not like like someone like me should not be looking at it in the same way I look at it here in the United States. It's a much different situation, right? Right now, I thought I knew how it works. I no longer can claim this. See, this is the thing that I have been very careful about because I learned from the Kharkiv offensive, right? Mm -hmm. Kharkiv offensive, I was just tweeting stuff and I sometimes got things wrong. And that actually, you know, got me followers, but I think I could have done better. So my position in here was like, I only will tweet either memes or something really, really substantial that I can show is true. Sure. Oh, and question, question, by the way, from George Henry Thomas. Do, do you know the estimates? Does anyone know the estimates of Prigozhin's wealth? I think that's a good, that's I will a good check. question. I will check. I will check. Please, uh, guys, you can just unmute yourselves and talk or just type questions. I will now check uh, Prigozhin's wealth. Uh, do we have something? I think we might have mm -hmm. something in commerce. Do you have an idea that he had one of the, not now, his house wasn't as big as Putin's willy-waving house, but I had a feeling he did have a pretty big house of, a, of his own. So, like, he's set uh, for life. He's the famous guy who built himself up as a originally from a hot dog salesman to, to all the way where he is now and everything so mm -hmm. it seems it seems well i'm happy to keep talking about nukes but just to cover a, a few more bases in terms of like diplomacy and inter i think the the reactions of different countries today were very interesting especially the united states trying to do their utmost to be careful with their language so that putin couldn't say like, oh, look, see, the CIA are involved in this coup. And look, I already saw people on Twitter saying this and like without any shred of evidence, despite the fact that Washington was tiptoeing around the whole situation. And you can imagine them just being like, who do we root for here? Like, and, yeah, you know, like, I mean, I yeah, I, I think we're obviously we're rooting for Ukraine. So in so far as it helps Ukraine. This is good, but someone actually asked, yeah. would this help Ukraine in the chat? I saw that question. That's what pushed me onto this in, in the first place. So it does, it, it does initially, at least, because I saw news that Ukraine had gotten three tanks across the Dnipro. So that to me looked like they had left a few doors open, the Russians had, when they were rushing home to bug gaps in, uh, in Rostov. So... Uh, now, will Russia return to focus its full attention on the war, feeling all united and feeling good? Or will it return to fight Ukraine, feeling demoralized as if part of its heart has been ripped out? I suppose it really depends on which Russian soldier you talk to. But please keep putting the questions in about that. There's It really just interested me there about the, the optics for 
the optics for the United States being very mm-hmm. careful. I think because they are so aware and we've all seen it, guys. We've all seen the the Russian propaganda masquerading as as these genius theories online where which suggests that somehow America has all the control in this situation as if yeah Prigozhin has no agency himself and as if he's not so much of a dickhead he'd just do something like this but we also i think sorry back to the occam's regular from the 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 beginning we do forget how how dumb these people are at the like we always talk about how they're five steps ahead playing 5d chess and their geniuses and putin's a strategic genius but a lot of it is based on fear and a lot of it is based on like the gradual accumulation of wealth and power and you don't necessarily need to be super intelligent or super strategic to build those things up like that's a, a kind of common misconception i think that a lot of us a lot of us take for granted we think that because they have these things behind them they must be a genius but it's not always true so yeah, it's uh, it's just something to chew on, but that that's my two cents anyway. Yeah, I, I think that there's something to that, especially because, um, well, what you said is something that it's another thing Chris Shops and I have talked about, where we're where we were talking about Putin being. It's less about him being intelligent and more about him being crafty. And I think a lot of people think that craftiness equals intelligence, and it just doesn't. It just means that you're really good at navigating a situation uh, socially or otherwise. And I think that that is a lot of what's driving a lot of this, that and greed and a, and a, and a desire for personal power. Um, but oh, yeah. I was going to say, Zach, oh, wait, the, wait, wait. The, the, well, I, 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 I want to plop okay. in because I, I looked at uh, net worth and oh, gotcha. is about $1 billion worth. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, he doesn't need the money. <laughs> he can buy an island. He has a he has a hundred and fifteen meters long yacht and a private jet as well. One hundred and fifty meters. Fifteen. Hundred and fifteen meters. Yes. Either way. Oh, what's the difference? I mean, that's 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 insane. That's insane. Sail away somewhere, hunker down, and let the rest of go away, Pergosian. I, I don't understand <laughs> these people. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's 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 bling basically for him. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I was gonna say though, Zach. I I haven't even looked into this, but I guarantee you, based on what you just said about how uh, like uh you know the, my government, the American government, is being cautious or tiptoeing and trying to be very or... diplomatic in their language. That in and of itself is going to become proof, at least within the so-called dissident intelligentsia of the United States. They're, they're going to say, oh, well, because they were diplomatic, that therefore means the CIA was involved. Never underestimate <laughs> Americans' willingness to just go out on a limb and say the CIA did it. Like, it, yeah. I, I know the CIA is nefarious. I'm not, I don't need to be convinced of that to any fellow Americans listening. I don't need to be convinced of that, but... The amount of outsized power and influence they're given is such a meme. It comes from movies. It is not necessarily true all the time. It just happens to be true sometimes. And I don't yeah. think people should be spouting off about that shit all the time, but they are. Because that's just that's just the way it is. And you know what? At the end of the day, a CIA believed to be like corrupt and so forth is a net positive because then it makes it more likely that it'll go away one day. But I don't know. I just, but yeah, that's going to become a narrative. I guarantee you within a week, we're going to be seeing like the, the, the quote unquote anti-war leftists and dissident right wingers writing blogs and doing videos on YouTube about how, oh yeah, the, the CIA, well, like America was definitely involved in this. They absolutely <laughs> are going to be doing that. Well, yeah. that, look at this that, 
failed CIA operation. Exactly. Yeah, it's a Bay of Pigs part two, is what they're gonna say. <laughs> oh well, well. Well, see, see, I, I have, I have a final statement that, like, there is only one way sure. to summarize today. Like, the only clarity that we have today is that Lukashenko, Alexander Lukashenko, is a supreme reptiloid looking down from the planet Nibiru, the main Illuminati and the keeper of the Hermes Trismegist secrets. And the image of a simple man with a mustache begging money from Putin is just a role. Now we know the true ruler of our heartland. And uh, just on a side note, new guy notes that it's already begun on Twitter, blame CIA is trending. So yeah, oh. didn't even take a week. Oh. Didn't even take a week. It took it took less than twenty four fucking hours. Sorry Zach, for the language. Zach, you're just... a prophet. Prophet, really. Yeah, oh, but okay, guys, okay, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay, we can we can we can like uh, we can like take take a few more questions and then I think we, we should we should wrap wrap this one up. Oh man. It's been it was rough me. I started the trend. It was me. <laughs> you, you're the one who did. I, I, look, look, nice I, guerrilla I, marketing, Zach. Dear, dear gentlemen, I, 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 I propose. I propose yeah. we counter. I propose we counter blame CIA with blame Zach for this. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's no. right. Blame when diplomacy <laughs> fails. Don't blame the oh. CIA. <laughs> when CIA fails, there we go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and they do, and that's the other yeah. thing too. Is that like I, the people who love to blame the CIA? If you just allow me to go off on my countrymen who love to be conspiratorial about the CIA, which I get. Again, I get. They love to bring hey, up how hey, bad hey, they Alex, are. Alex, Alex, not now. We have not a now. episode for CIA. A, we have secret police episode. podcast for that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good point. They're Good listening. Point. God. They are listening. This is true. They probably are. <laughs> I wish they were. I mean, I have I have a Bitcoin wallet wallet now set up in my homepage, and I haven't received my payment yet. Come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've supposedly been working for the the virtue signaling woke mind virus for years, and I haven't seen any money. So you talk about the Thirty Years War, like. <laughs> talking about <laughs> oh there's still a way i recently did an episode where my friend and i ranted about brexit and, and american politics respectively thank you subtle knife political commissar i need the protection but yeah i i yeah. released an episode with him and, and got an awful lot of flack for not presenting both sides and yeah just just get the fuck out of here i'm not gonna I, invite I'm... someone who defends book banning on my show thank you though well i have a, I have a question <laughs> by the way well one, one thing though is like Khodorkovsky, and this is more of a diplomacy thing, Khodorkovsky has been a large player in the opposition, and he played really tough today. He said, you know, he publicly supported Prigozhin, and he was like, honestly, here, he was like, you all guys who criticize me for this, you live on the planet of pink ponies, I'm the weird, but I'm the old school dinosaur, I'm the tough guy, we should get up. Like, he played tough guy something, and then this happened. I mean, this has to blow off, blow the air out of the lungs of so many Russian opposition guys who even had even the slightest hope. Like, I don't know. They could probably just exit the country. Like, that's the issue. They could, they probably have the means to do that, whereas most don't. Yeah. I mean, I would oh. hope so for their sake, at least. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know, we have to wrap this one up. And I'll wrap this in a positive note. I'll I'll give you some news, and you do your final final statements, please, gentlemen. Uh, because Maxnert says here that uh, we're back from lucid dreams. Finally, normal news: Germany intends to provide Ukraine with forty-five more Gepard self-propelled anti-aircraft guns by the end of the year. And that's it for me. That that ensures my <laughs> happiness because happiness is mandatory, as you all know. Indeed. <laughs> well, you're Aww. supposed to say something now, guys. 
Oh, okay. I don't know if we're wrapping. Like, what? Well, are we wrapping up? Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, because I've honest, I've slept for two gotcha. and a half hours in like yeah, you need, two days. You need to get to sleep. Um, well, one, I'll just say again, the CIA can't be super incompetent and super nefarious and and Machiavellian all at the same time. Okay, this is not how it works. Second of all, we don't really know what's going on. We are just speculating. I think it's good that we're speculating. I like to think about what might be going on in the heads of these would be warlords and Putin himself. I do think though that what this shows is that there are cracks. That we knew were there. Obviously, Chris Jobs, you and your listeners all knew that they were there because you've been talking about them for years at this point. But this demonstrates the kind of cracks that you were talking about within the infrastructure of the Russian military machine. And I don't know what that means. It might not mean anything. It sounds like they're reaching some sort of amicability between each other. And I mean, if that means no nuclear war, yay, I guess. But I just I, I what this shows, though, is that this is this is kind of a shoestring affair more so than what I think like the, the five D chess folks might otherwise assume about Putin. So we'll just have to wait and see where this goes. Very fair. Just for my last two cents. uh, Thanks for having me on again, Zach. Yeah, thanks. Diplomacy fails podcast. It was great to talk to you all. Uh, Just as a last word from myself. So my actual PhD looks at national honor. And one of the aspects of national honor is this thing called prestige, which I'm sure we've all heard about before, even though we haven't thought about it that deeply. But in my view, this prestige can be looked at as like a kind of someone's respect for your military power. It's kind of based on a facade in a way. And yes, as you can tell, it's somewhat difficult to define, but whatever way you spin it, this blows a hole in Putin's already seriously declining prestige. And if uh, don't forget at this stage, he still has to somehow get a favorable settlement from this war, if, if even that is possible for him. So it, it's not just the fact that we're, like, we're talking about, obviously, Prigozhin, because that's the latest news, But in terms of his own ability to get this done, he doesn't have an exit strategy and he has even less of a hope now than he did before, now that his prestige is even more so in tatters. But yes, that's my last word. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Ah, thank you. And I'll go to bed and I I just want to repeat. Damn you, Prigozhin. I could have had a nice little Midsummer's National Holiday, which is the biggest fest of our (laughs) year, instead of doing all of... Well, unless something happens during this night, I, uh, I just, I'll just go to sleep and I'll wake up in the morning and feel like everyone else who gets nice, nice sleep. Hey, this is Daniel Tvarishi, and thank you all. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That was fun. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.